Hey, welcome back to the Men's Divorce Podcast, and uh, I'm Scott Trout, and today, again, we're going to continue to bring you information for guys before, during, and after divorce, so let's get right to it, but don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. You want to make sure you get alerted every time it drops, twice every week, and just like today, we're going to be talking about something that's of importance, some something new, actually, today, and we're joined by Christina down in Jacksonville, Florida. Welcome. Hi, good morning, Scott. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, so let's talk about this. Was, we were just talking off camera, and when we were talking about the topic, I thought, man, it's something we haven't covered. It's something that I know you and I and probably all of us here at Cordell & Cordell deal with on a, a frequent basis, but we don't. it didn't come to top of mind to, to kind of remind clients uh, of, of issues that like this, and I'm kind of keeping everyone hanging as to what the topic really is, because it is so unique, and, but it is, you mentioned it's a trifecta when you practice in Tennessee, it happens for clients, and that is when clients have perhaps multiple issues, multiple cases going on at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that litigation is the scary thing. And then when you add another case or a third case to it, it's just, it can be absolutely terrifying. And so I, what I want to talk about today is just how to work through that process and how to make it manageable. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, anytime you get any problem, you know, it, it can, you know, one issue is stressful enough and you can sit down and strategize and put a plan together. But it's like, I always try to think of examples, something to break it down for clients. And I was just thinking, okay, it's like driving a car. I get one alert light that comes on and it may say low prior, uh, tire pressure. Okay. I know how to do that. It's no big deal. I'll pull off. We'll fill up the tires. But at the same time, I may get check engine light or O2 sensor or so all these multiple failures. Imagine you think about an airplane where a lot of these accidents occur and they talk about one failure or one alert light isn't a problem necessarily for a pilot. It's when you have multiple failures or multiple issues that create the necessity of sitting down with someone who practices exclusively in family law like you do to work through the, the problem and the solution, right? Absolutely. And so the, the trifecta we're talking about is when you have a primary family law case, and that can usually be either a divorce or a paternity case, depending on if you're married or not. And then all of a sudden, sometimes the same day, you get served with a Department of Revenue child support action, which has overlapping issues. And then even worse, you can get served with an injunction for protection against domestic violence, because that all of those issues are going to just completely overlap but they could have separate judges. And even though they're the same issues, it's just a matter of which one is setting a hearing first and how are we gonna deal with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it is, it is. It's, it's a, we were just saying, you may have a, a child support hearing and how does that's complicating maybe a divorce process where you, here in Missouri, I may get a, an inexperienced administrative judge who's fresh out of law school or fresh licensed, who doesn't have the experience necessary to make or understand, I mean, not to, to demean that, but the point is that they haven't been around enough to understand a custody adjustment or how that impacts a divorce or what should go forward first. But I think the message, and I know you want to talk about is there's a solution here and there's something that you can do as a, someone watching and listening that you don't have to just accept, let me take three different paths with three different implications on what's happening. So, I mean, for example, a uh, domestic violence judge, um, here in Missouri, uh, they can, perhaps if there's nothing else filed, enter orders of child support, spousal support, custody, and restraining orders. So we may not want that to happen right away. So we can take certain steps. So I don't know what you can do in Florida to try to, if something like that's happening and you want to have a pending divorce, what, what can you do? 
So I think the important thing at a consultation is to lay it all out there for your attorney. And one of the things you need to lead with is, hey, I have a hearing set. Because for example, an injunction might come with an order that says, I have a hearing in two weeks. Mm. I've also been served with a divorce where I have an answer in 20 days. And I have a, a child support case that may be set further out. And so we need to immediately know what those dates are so that we can either request continuances, we could try to consolidate matters, we can explain to different court systems that we're gonna get temporary relief in the divorce case because the divorce paternity case is going to trump all in terms of these other orders. And so sometimes if we're very proactive about it before the deadlines come, we can push things out, get a continuance for two or three months to show that, that court, say, hey, we've already done this in your divorce case. Here's a copy of the order. You guys can stand down. Yeah. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But it's usually the best approach to take. I think so. You know, I, I can't tell you. It's interesting where you have a lot of lawyers, at least around here, who allow uh, what we call an adult abuse order or you know, order protection proceed, mm -hmm. knowing that the parties want to, are eventually going to file for divorce albeit we have a one judge, one case system here. Uh, the idea for me is if I have a client who comes in with an order of protection and nothing's else filed and they, they clearly are going to head to a divorce, I'm going to want to delay things because I want to do discovery. Uh, and so the corresponding action for me is to file a divorce action right now before the hearing and then go to the judge, I think, as you suggest, say, look, judge, we have a pending divorce. Let's just deal with all those issues mm -hmm. in the divorce where I can do discovery. We got plenty of time here. Now you kind of are handcuffed. All you can deal with is the order protection and the violence and, you know, the stalking or whatever issues and choose what you want to do there. But I, I think that's what I think is overlooked here by a lot is they just let those things play out not thinking about the strategy uh that a client may need now it may be that we go forward but ever you need to have that conversation with your attorney exactly and i think you hit one of the points right there on the head and it's discovery mm -hmm. so one of the concerns that i have if we proceed with just the injunction or the the Department of Revenue case, is that usually they're just going to set a hearing very quickly, within two weeks, four weeks, something like that. And they're short little hearings. And so it doesn't give you the opportunity that you have in a divorce or a paternity case to play out your discovery mechanisms. And those are the documents that allow you to request information to prove your case. And that's imperative. And so if you go just in front of an injunction judge and you say, hey judge, um, you know, I've got this injunction pending and the other party says, well, I want support. He makes a lot of money. I don't make a lot of money. And I'm just generalizing. Sometimes it's the female who's the aggressor. Mm -hmm. it, it, it can be whichever way, um, but the judge is just going to say, okay, how much do you make? How much do you make? They're going to take it at face value and they're going to just determine a support order, put that in a court order. And now you're stuck with it until we go and modify it in a different court system or in that system. And that's something we want to push off. Totally. I, I agree. And not only that, it's, it's similar. I know you alluded to it, a, uh, an administrative child support order. Mm -hmm. uh, here in Missouri, you can have your child support reviewed if you're a recipient and they can do it administratively, and it's a pretty interesting way to pursue a modification of child support for free if you're the recipient. And the way to stop it here, for example, because I, I rarely want administrative hearing to move forward. I don't, the, the number is often uh, incorrect. Uh, yeah, you have rights to appeal by petitioning the circuit court, uh, but it just seems to me a waste of time. So one of the things we talk about with our clients here in Missouri at least, is, hey, let's file a motion to modify now, send that over to the Department of Revenue, then it just stops the process dead in its tracks. Mm -hmm. It could be a paternity case where you don't have an existing order. 
you have a mom and a dad and they're trying to get some support. Uh, you can follow a paternity case, stops the administrative order, it's over. Now, the department may enter in if there's some state aid being given to one of the, the parents, but those are the things I think that, again, it, it, it all comes down to don't just go to an attorney and say, here's what I have. Let's just you know, take care of this. What's going on? Diagnose the whole problem here. Is there a paternity needed? Is there a divorce needed? Is there a modification needed? Because there may be, as you suggest, discovery is huge. I, mean, I think that's a critical element is knowing what you need uh, to get before you get to a hearing. So Florida is going to be a similar process administratively. One of the differences that I see right off the bat is that if you file a divorce or a paternity case, the department doesn't have to dismiss their case. And so the original process, if somebody just goes into the department and submits their documents, they're going to request you to submit some documents. They're going to come up with a proposed final judgment, and it's going to have a child support number in there. And so you have the right to contest that. It's a short period of time, and so you really can't sleep on it. You have to contest it because that's going to trigger a hearing. And even though we talk about how we don't want an administrative judge determining your child support, that's going to give you the opportunity to file a continuance and push that off so that we can address it in the other case. Whereas if you do nothing, then the language in the order is going to say, if you don't object within the period of time in the letter, then at that point, it's just going to be entered. You have a child support order. You never got to go in front of a court. And there's a lot more to child support than just your pay statements. There's deviation factors where we can try to get better and more favorable numbers for you. Um, and it just doesn't happen in the automatic process. Yeah. I think what's even more complicated and kind of a thinking about one of the, the, the final ideas or actions that you need to be thinking about is it's criminal. Uh, we mm -hmm. often have clients that have maybe companion criminal cases. I have one that um, always sticks in my mind. We had a client who was trying to catch his spouse engaged in uh, an extramarital affair. And mm -hmm. he was pretty confident and this is before he came to us. And so what he did was set up a camera, a hidden camera in his bedroom and thinking I'm going to get her on video no, and, and I'm going to have the proof and, it, and I'm you know, going to be able to win. So what he didn't realize was it was this constantly running camera is his 16 year old daughter and her 16 year old friends went into the bedroom and were, were changing. And of course, what did he get? He recorded them in the nude unintentionally and now it became a criminal case because it's child pornography because he recorded them and so we filed for divorce and so we had a companion criminal case going on which impacts what he can do and what he can say in the divorce action because there's all complicating factors here uh, and i imagine that's something that you wanted to talk about as well yeah and i've had several cases in the last couple of years where unfortunately that happens mm -hmm. i think the most common would be and in you know somebody calls the cops they show up Someone claims there's an assault, a battery, something has gone awry, and then the person gets arrested. Now it's up to the state attorney, not the parties involved, whether they're going to pursue those charges. And so a lot of times you'll see that injunction case happen, and then the state attorney pursues the exact same allegations, and they're very different. And so what we need to look at there is making sure that you're getting the right representation in criminal court, because obviously as a firm, we don't do that. We can handle all the other family law issues, but we want to make sure you're seeking counsel for the criminal case. And then with that, we want you to you know, explain your entire situation to the criminal case because we may not want uh, the overlapping issues in family court for you to testify to them under oath in a recorded proceeding where they're just gonna turn around and use it against you in your criminal case. 
Yeah. The Fifth Amendment, I mean, I can tell you I've used it against someone and I've had it used against us in case. And it's, gosh, it's so uh, damaging. It can be because obviously the negative inference is if you draw the fifth, you can just assume as true every question you have. You did this, didn't you? And they just say, I'm going to claim the fifth. You did this, didn't you? And then you just keep hammering away. And, and, and without proper advice and consultation and coordination with your criminal attorney, it can be disastrous. It can be. And, and that negative inference you're talking about obviously only applies in those family civil cases. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's something that we need to talk about. We need to get your criminal attorney involved to figure out what you're facing in criminal court because it may be worth it or it may be worth pushing off a hearing and scheduling it for a later date so that the criminal case can resolve. And then you're free to testify as you would in any other injunction case or temporary relief case. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, we've tried to push things as far as possible, let the criminal wrap up first, mm-hmm. not get ours because, it, not that we're damaging the criminal case, but the criminal case is essentially damaging our case mm-hmm. because you can't testify yeah. about what happened. And, and the judges can hear Missouri draw, assume as true everything you fail to answer. Uh, it can if they want. So yeah, it's one of those things where it does happen. And it, it, it can be, as you suggest, an order of protection violation. It can be anything. But you certainly don't want to let the family law case impact something that could put you in, in jail. And that's just uh, uh, something that needs to be considered. We talked about this yesterday in our virtual town hall, which was realistically, everything's about strategy. And that is try to have a conversation before steps are taken that's too late to undo. And this would be no different. I think the natural reaction here is to panic. And I wouldn't blame you because I think I would panic as well. But that's when you need to get that good counsel involved that has that neutral ability to explain to you, these are all the moving pieces. There's already moving pieces in one case, but these are all of your moving pieces. Let's address your life holistically and get you back on the right track. And just sticking your head in the sand is not going to work. And so you have to be proactive. Yeah, and for guys listening, this is a common occurrence to have multiple things going on. Uh, it is, and it's just life, but it means you have to uh, employ uh, the right people and means we may need to consult with someone else to make sure we're covering you and taking care of things and whether it's a criminal case or whatever it may be. So uh, good stuff today. Thanks for bringing up a new topic, something that we tend to overlook, but it's a regular occurrence throughout all of our offices around the country. So thanks for joining. Of course, thanks for having me. We'll continue to tune in twice every week, drop this podcast for you for information, topics, spot issues for guys. And don't forget coming up in October, uh, we're going to have another virtual town hall. So you want to make sure that you find out information about that by going to CordellCordell.com. It's free to attend. All you have to do is register. But what you get is you get a panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys. You get to ask questions live and get answers about your questions right then, right there. So until next time, have a great week.